Welcome to this week's episode of The Insatiable Appetite. My name is Eva Nassiger. I'm the director of syndicated research here at the Hartman Group. And I'm here today with my colleagues, uh, Amber Lopez and Louisa Edgerly, who are both our qualitative research experts who have partnered with me on the current organic and natural syndicated study, uh, which will be published later this month. Um, and uh, we are here today to provide a little sneak preview of what the study will cover. Uh, so hi, Amber, and hi, Louisa. Hi, Eva. So Amber, let's start with you and with our timing here. Uh, I think we should share why we wanted to focus on organic right now in Q1 2022. Um, what makes this a particularly good time to be revisiting this long-running research series here at the Hartman Group? You know, the timing is pretty perfect since our last organic and natural report was published in Q1 2020 and was our very last report before the pandemic hit. Now we're at a point where the pandemic is receding into the background a bit. So we have a really useful pre-post comparison to offer. And this really is a very timely topic. Uh, just so much has happened in our society in the past two years and much of it related to health. We saw increased focus on immunity and food safety, increased understanding of how individuals and communities depend on each other. And at the same time, there have been concerns about household financial stability with the turmoil our economy has faced in the last two years. Uh, organic really stands at the nexus of some of these spheres like health, safety, and equitable access to resources. So it is important to take the pulse on where organic is at as we slowly emerge from the pandemic. And you know, organic has done quite well returning to double digit growth in sales in 2020 after several years of slower growth. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, one of the outcomes of economic uncertainty could have been um, that uh, there would be a turn away from organic foods and beverages in favor of products that are at a cheaper price point. But we haven't really seen that. And it seems that organic is actually holding its place in the expanded retailer landscape and uh, is actually seeing a little uptick in terms of perceived share of basket con uh, that consumers report. And we are seeing consumers, at least those who buy organic, uh, know that uh, prices of organic products have come down over time. So they've noticed. Um, and this is taking away some of this perception of the organic premium um, that's always been out there. Um, and we do look into that in um, that dynamic in the report. So Luisa, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. We did hear those consumers who've been participating in organic buying for some years say that they've noticed organic products just not being quite as expensive anymore compared to conventional versions. Um, as industry insiders are aware, one of the key developments in the food retail industry that helped these perceptions change was the fact that many retailers introduced private label organic and natural lines. So at the end of the day, consumers see little difference in the quality of the private label organic product versus the national brand organic product. And the lower price point has really allowed mainstream consumers to start buying or increasing their buying of organic. So that is not to say that organic isn't seen as expensive anymore. That perception has eased somewhat but it is still very much there. And that includes among the organic core, the consumers most committed to purchasing organic food. Uh, 
which reminds me that we should mention the world of organic segmentation in this study. Yes, indeed we should, and I, I can speak to that. Um, in the organic study, as in many of our other studies, um, we like to compare consumer behaviors and attitudes across a spectrum of engagement with the topic at hand. So in this case, uh, engagement with organic. Um, so we segment consumers into the most committed, uh, that is the core, and then two tiers of uh, sort of a mid-level, that's your mainstream consumers, and then the periphery, who uh, still participate in organic, but only on the margins. And this is a really useful view because the core uh, helps our clients understand where organic is headed, um, what is next or what lies beyond, um, while understanding the mainstream is important to know what there is today, what's the current market opportunity look like today. Um, so in the report, we, we profile each of these four segments and then throughout the report, we provide a view of how uh, their behaviors and attitudes differ from each other. So with that in mind, Amber, would you touch on what the report covers in terms of uh, the current organic marketplace? Sure, Eva. Uh, our view of the marketplace is always from the consumer perspective. So we go deep into what consumers look for when they buy better for you foods and beverages. We look at how consumers think about organic and how that compares to the broader term natural. We also look at why they buy organic, how they prioritize it against other better for you claims on products and how all these claims interact with each other. Uh, we also look at some of the barriers consumers face with respect to organic and any doubts they may have about it. And we have a whole chapter on categories. 22 of them actually, uh, that sample across the store and across different types of categories. And for these, we look at how the prioritization of better for you claims plays out for each individual category using, of course, a unique set of attributes that is relevant to that specific category. And then beyond sourcing at retail, we also look at the way consumers feel about and prioritize organic when it comes to restaurant food. So food service is also included in that study. Great. Thanks so much for that summary. Uh, could you give us just uh, one or two examples of some of our findings? Sure. Uh, one of the findings that stood out to me, considering this whole report is focused on organic, is that when you ask consumers what attributes they consider when shopping, category after category, organic is nowhere near the top of the list. And yet when we speak with consumers, they do say they look for that seal. Uh, and this is because to them, uh, that seal signifies multiple markers of health, whether or not that's actually true for the product. Um, the majority of consumers can't completely articulate what that organic seal means, though they often know some of the primary benefits. Um, but they know the product that bears that organic seal is somehow better or healthier for them, and that it's been verified by a third party, the USDA. It spares them the time and effort of having to examine the packaging further or even having to go and do research about the product themselves. The fact of the matter is that many consumers just don't have the time for that. Um, so they look to, or just as they look to retailers to curate you know, high quality products for them, they also look to the organic certification as an easy marker of a healthier or higher quality product. Um, which brings me to a second point. The organic market is truly mature now. 
Of course, the majority of U.S. consumers have been buying at least some organic products for years now. Uh, but what I mean is that attitudes that go along with that purchasing of organic that might make someone a core organic consumer within our world of organic segmentation, the consumers that previously placed into that core were typically younger. But now Gen Xers, for example, are just as likely as millennials and Gen Z to be considered core organic consumers. And yet for all that maturity in the organic market, uh, there are still consumers, or there is still a lot of misconceptions out there about organic. I already alluded to this, but only a few consumers know that the USDA organic seal um, fully what that means in its entirety. So for example, some consumers tell us they're looking for the organic seal on a given product and also wanna see a non-GMO certification. Right, and attitudes and behaviors around GMOs, which are becoming uh, somewhat more nuanced now, um, is also something that we look into in the report among other attributes and aspects of uh, organic foods. Um, but returning to your point about the organic market being mature, um, Typically, when that happens, uh, there are those who are already looking at what is next, um, how to change it or where to innovate. And we are certainly seeing that with organic too. Um, our last organic uh, and natural study in 2020 uh, was already titled, titled Organic and Beyond. So this idea about looking beyond organic is not new this year. Um, and yet we have lots to say about it in the report. Um, there are certainly qualms among, among consumers, even in the mainstream now, um, that the organic seal is just not enough. But consumers, even core consumers, are not yet quite sure what should or can be done about that. And so they can't really ask for it. They're not looking for specific things. They just want something more. Luisa, could you tell us a little more about the types of future directions that we examine in the report. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you said, the most forward-looking consumers are beginning to feel like the organic seal is not stringent enough. They've been doing a lot of connecting the dots in the past two years between their own health, the community, the environment, the values they hold and the actions they take. And a lot of people want to see better alignment between all those things. Uh, many are ready to support food production methods that not only do no harm, but could actually help to restore natural systems in the process. But, you know, these folks are not experts in this. They're ordinary consumers out in the marketplace. That's not their job. And they really haven't quite yet made sense of it all. But there are farmers and other producers um, in the agricultural uh, world working on various types of more sustainable ways to grow and make food. Um, and as these ideas kind of percolate out and become more widely known, there is definitely fertile ground for them to take root among these consumers who are already starting to look. And the ideas, or really the work that's already underway that we cover in the report, include approaches such as regenerative agriculture, agroecology, uh, hydroponic farming, and so on. Yeah, this would be a good uh, time to mention a little fun fact. Um, our company always likes to stay abreast of all these uh, forward uh, developments. And so our whole company took a very interesting field trip uh, this month to the suburban farmland um, to learn more about these types of uh, new um, or underway farming approaches. 
my favorite part was the use of reforested wetlands in support of the planted areas of the farm. Um, well, we hope that you enjoyed our preview of the organic and natural study, and we invite you to read the full report for additional analysis and category level insights. Um, it will be available on April 1st on our website, but you can go there today and pre-order it um, there. So thank you very much for listening. Amber, Louisa, thank you very much for making the time today. Thank you, thank Eva. You.